if you have your Bibles, if you would uh, turn to 2 Corinthians, and we're going to be in chapter 1, uh, verses 8 through 11 is where we'll be. And, and before we get in that, uh, this is going to be the NIV version as well. It'll be on the screen. But before we get in that, I want to just tell you that this is a letter that Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, he was one of the greatest uh, men in the Bible. He was one of the greatest apostles to ever live in, in, in our day, in our time, in, in, the, in the history of the world. He was chosen from, he was the, actually the artist formerly known as Saul. And so he was the guy that was going around persecuting the church. He was the guy that was going around uh, killing Christians for being Christians. And so God met him on a road uh, and, and to Damascus. And I mean, and he says, and he says, Saul, now you are Paul. And I'm just summarizing this. And so Paul become, becomes the apostle Paul and he goes around preaching the gospel. And, and one of his uh, most dear beloved churches was the church of Corinth. And, and so we find here that he's writing a letter to the church of Corinth, and he's talking to them how it is to preach under pressure. And so we pick up here in verse 8 of chapter 1. It says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Have you ever been there in your life? You were under so much pressure, it felt like that you couldn't go on anymore. It felt like, man, the weight of the world is on my back. He even goes to say, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves. Listen to me. This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in the answer to the prayers of many. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for such an uh, amazing opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we don't take it for granted. Every time we come in here, Lord, we're seeking after you. Lord, and I ask that you would show up, that you would do what only you can do, more than what I could say, Father. I pray that you would show out. Lord, that they wouldn't remember who spoke, but they would re remember what you've done. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone in here that's hurting, they would be healed. I pray that if there's someone in here that needs to be saved, Lord, before they leave, that you'll save them. Lord, that if there's someone in here that just needs comfort, that you'll comfort them. And Father, I pray that you would open our hearts up this morning and let us receive your word in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Uh, one of the ways that I get ideas for, for sermons is just to listen. Uh, listen to, to God, obviously, but listen to people. And so I like to listen to people in their lives, like what they're talking about, uh, what they're dealing with, uh, what they're doing. And so I, I've been on this kick here in the last few months of pressure. And I started thinking about pressure. And I started thinking about how many times do you hear people say, man, I'm under so much pressure. Man, I just have financial pressure. Man, I just have relational pressure. Man, I just, I'm just dealing with my, my child. It's just so much pressure. And so I started to document every time I heard someone say, it's just too much pressure. Have you ever been there? So I, I'm a big sports fan, and, I, and I'm watching sports, and, and I hear about the great athletes that are under pressure. I hear about LeBron James under pressure. Uh, pray for him. Uh, I hear about Kevin Durant under pressure. I hear about all the athletes under pressure. And then, then I realize that this is what sets 
the great athletes apart from those that don't do so good under pressure. It's what sets the great people apart that don't make such an impact on the lives of other people. It's pressure. It's what you do when the buzzer goes off. It's what you do when all the game is on the line, when all the eyes are on you. I would hate to be a field goal kicker in the NFL because nobody remembers the ones that you make. They only remember the ones that you miss under pressure. It's about pressure. Look at your neighbor and say, pressure. pressure. Are you good under pressure? Don't, show, don't raise your hands, but how many could say to yourself, you know what, I feel like I thrive. I'm good under pressure. I'm good under pressure. But then there are those of us that choke from time to time. It, don't raise your hand, but how many could say, you know what, I choke from time to time under pressure. I, I'm in that boat, and, and, and I realize that pressure affects all of us. We all face pressure from time to time in our lives. We all face that pressure that tries to weigh us down, that tries to beat us up, that tries to uh, trap us and control us. Pressure to look a certain way. Pressure to face life when it seems that you've lost everything that you have. Pressure to, to raise your kids hoping that they'll make the right decisions in their life. Pressure to bring home another paycheck. It's pressure. It's pressure. Can you feel the pressure in the room this morning? Because I can. But this morning, I, I want to talk to you as we, as we go through this sermon about what to tell yourself while under pressure. What to tell yourself while under pressure. Uh, I, I want to call your attention back to verse 8 again where Paul says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in Asia. We were under great pressure. He said, look, I want to tell you some things that may not be apparent to you, and I want to teach you something about what it's like to live under pressure. Because the truth is, when the lights come on, the pressure comes right behind it. This is when it gets hard. I know that uh, I face pressure every day of my life in some, form, uh, 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 in some form or fashion, in some way in my life, but it wasn't just Paul that was facing this. He was talking to everyone. He says so in verse 8, and, and the good thing is, is I'm glad that he told me that he was facing pressure. Because I would think that I was the only one that struggled while under pressure. I'm glad that he told me that it was so strong, it was so much pressure that he was almost to the point of breaking. I'm glad that Paul told me that because uh, we have to deal with pressures in our lives every single day. Uh, pressure to look a certain way. Pressures, pressures to, to, to go to college and live for God when all your friends are around you telling you that you're missing out on so many things because you're trying to live your life pure for, for Jesus. Pressure, pressure to, to go up to the front of the, 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 the grocery line at HEB and you see all the magazines that say you need to lose 20 pounds of stubborn belly fat and all that really makes you want to do is reach for the king size snicker bar. That's pressure. It's pressure. And so... This morning, instead of talking to you in a roundabout way about pressure, because the truth is we could talk about the pressures that you deal with and the pressures that I deal with and the pressures that your neighbor deals with, and we could talk about uh, who has the most pressure, whose pressure is worse, but sometimes we spend too much time talking about where the pressure's coming from rather than what to do when it comes. And so this morning... I. I believe that Paul has helped us out. He's given us three things to tell ourselves or three things to preach to ourselves while we're under 
pressure. And so I want to give you three things that you can tell yourself when pressure comes, when you feel like that the pressure is so great that you're to the point of, of disparity, that you feel like life, uh, death sentence has come upon you, you could say these three things to yourself, and I believe that it will help you. Are you ready this morning? Yeah. Uh, number one is you need to say, I've been here before. I've been here before. Look at somebody and say, I've been here before. Uh, if you look back at verse 10, Paul says, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. After Paul tells us that he was in a situation that was so severe, and if he, he didn't know that if he could go on, he stopped for a moment, and he remembered the last time that he was in this situation. He stopped for a minute and he said, you know what, I, I, I may have lost my, my, my vision for just a moment, but I was here before and I remember the last time I was here when I thought that I couldn't make it through, I realized that I made it through. And Paul, Paul gets to this place in his life and he says, look, I have to rely on God's deliverance in the present moment. I can't look to my left and I can't look to my right. I have to look to him and realize that when pressure comes, he will deliver me again. It's a powerful thing to tell yourself uh, while under pressure because there's a sense that when the pressure comes, it makes you feel like this is the first time you've ever dealt with this. There's a sense that the devil tells you that, that uh, he, wipe, he kind of wipes your memory uh, away that you've never been to this place before and there's no way that you'll get out this time. There's that sense that comes upon you that it feels like you can't, you can't get through. You're stuck. You're trapped because this pressure has never happened to you before. It's a powerful thing to tell yourself while pressure's here. Look, I remind myself that I've been here before. But Paul, he, he's describing these things in this passage, and he's telling the church of Corinth, I, I've been under pressure. I've, I've faced a lot of troubles. But the interesting thing is, is he doesn't go on to list the troubles that he was dealing with or the pressures that he was dealing with. And so there are, there are some scholars and some theologians that have gone and they've tried to figure out what was it that Paul was actually talking about? What, what pressure was he talking about? Was it the beast at Ephesus that he had to fight? Was it the 39 lashes that he took on his back for preaching the gospel and offending the religious leaders? Was it that thorn in the side that Paul so often alludes to but never fully describes? We don't know what it was, but we know what it did to him. And I believe that there's a reason that he left it vague. Maybe it's, maybe it's because he doesn't want to talk so much about what caused the pressure, but what it caused on the inside of him that me and you can relate to. He doesn't want to worry about where the pressure's coming from. He says, look, I, I want you to know that there was pressure in Asia, and it was far beyond my ability to endure. God took me to my breaking point and beyond. Have you ever been there? You feel like when you wake up, look, God, you're going to have to move today. You're going to have to move today, and he doesn't move, and you're thinking, okay, I'm at the end, and this is where Paul was. He says, I was under pressure so bad that I even despaired of life itself. I'm not, I'm not real big on the Greek, but I threw this in for Pastor Randon, uh, that the word despair translated into the Greek is the total unavailability of an exit. So Paul, he says, look, I got into something, and I saw no way out. Maybe you've been here, and I looked to my left, and I looked to my right, and I looked to the people around me, and they couldn't do anything, and I was under great pressure. It's kind of like when you've tried so hard in your life, but you still keep falling. It's kind of like uh, trying to, to raise your family and to provide for your family, but it seems like you keep losing your job. 
It's kind of like whenever you're in, in uh, having marriage problems and you're just holding on, believing that God is going to do something and, and, and mend your relationship and you're just having hope. God, you've got to come through for our, our marriage. It's the pressure that makes us feel like we're despaired of life. And Paul, he says, look, I realized something. When I came to the point where there was a total unavailability of an exit, when I felt like I was trapped, when I felt like I couldn't get out, he said, I remember the last time that I was in this situation and God brought me through, so I know he'll bring me through again. I'm thinking about David now. Think about the pressure of David. David was standing before a giant that was nine foot tall with a sword that was bigger than him. That's pressure. I don't know about you, but if I'm standing before a nine-foot guy, uh, even if he doesn't have a sword, I'm running. I'm running. There's no doubt. And I'm not very fast, but when pressure's on, there will be heel dust and backside. <laughs> but David was in pressure, and he says, look, uh, he, he's, he's talking to King Saul that was, that was, that was uh, the king at the time. And King Saul says, look, David, you're not big enough, buddy. No way. There's no way you're going out there. Um... Uh, the, the armor doesn't even fit you. You can't even pick up a sword. You're just, you're just puny. You can't go out there. And David's like, wait a minute. Everybody else is scared. Everybody else is running when the pressure comes. But you know what? If he's going to talk about my God, if he's going to talk about the things that uh, my God is speaking, then I'm going to stand up and do something about it. The pressure. Think about it. They, Goliath pretty much tells David, look, you go out there. If I kill you, all the people in your land die or at the very least become servants. That's pressure. That's pressure. Or if you win, all your people are free. So David, he goes, I love what he tells. He looks at, he looks at Saul and he says, you know what? I may not be big enough. I may not be able to lift a sword, but I got this slingshot. And I have some rocks. And as a matter of fact, the same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from Goliath. Amen. Amen. And, and, and what I love uh, about that is David wasn't in the same situation that he was in before. Last time it was a lion. Last time it was a bear. This time it's bigger than a lion and a bear put together. This time it's something even larger. This time it's something even uh, greater. It causes more pressure. But David said, this may be a different situation, but I've still got the same God and I've been here before. I wish that I could get a person that would wake up and realize that this isn't the first time that the devil has pressed you. And if he didn't take you out with that, he won't take you out now. This is why they simulate all kinds of high-impact situations for, like, combat fighters. Uh, they, they put them through all kinds of situations so that when they get out in the real war, that they can, they can stand before their enemy and say, you know what? I've seen this before. I know what to do. I had a friend uh, who was an army ranger, and his name is Michael. And one day I was just talking to him, and he was telling me all about the things that he had to experience and all the things that he dealt with. And so he was like, man, just check out this this journal that I would keep every day that they would make me keep while in training. And so if you don't mind, I'll read a couple of days. Day one, it says one hour of sleep. I don't know about you, but I need more than one hour. Day two says one MRE, two hours of sleep. Day three, day four, day five, no sleep, no sleep, no sleep, no food, no food, no food. 
If you move on to day 10, it says, I really slept in today, three hours of sleep. Some teenager chuckled because that's, that's like a nap. But I said, Michael, why do they treat you this way? Why do they do that to you? That's terrible. And he said, hey, they're doing me a favor. Because when I get out into, uh, to, into war that, that, and I stand before someone that's trying to harm me or trying to kill me, I can look back and say, oh, I've been here before. Oh, I know what to do. And sometimes in our lives, you have to look at the devil and you say, look, I remember the last time you said I would lose my mind. I didn't lose it. I remember the last time you said I wouldn't feed my family. Oh, I fed them. I remember the last time you said that I would be down and depressed. I got up again. I remember the last time you said I would die because the doctor's report came back bad. But I'm still alive. Devil, you don't have a say-so. Come on, Goliath, bring your sword. I've been here before. I've been here before. So number one is I've been here before. Number two, I believe that this is, this is an humbling thing that we, have to, that we have to get to in a place in our life because so many times we, we try to handle things on our own. We try to handle the pressures on our own. And so number two, it says it's not all on me. It's not all on me, and it's not all on you either. It's not all on you. Uh, I if you look at verse 9 uh, that we just read, it says, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. It's funny that sometimes we think that if we didn't show up at work, the world would stop spinning. It wouldn't. Your paycheck would stop coming, but someone else would do your job. It's funny that we get to this place because we try to take it on ourselves, but sometimes God will allow enough pressure to come upon you that you'll give him back what belonged to him in the first place. See, we have to learn to carry the load that was assigned to us, but not try to carry the weight of the responsibility of other people. And what Paul is saying here, he proves to us first that, look, I've been through some stuff. I, I, I felt some pain. I felt some pressure. But then he goes on to say, look, we have to receive the sentence that was dealt to us. We can't rely on ourselves but on God. In other words, he's saying receive your own sentence. Don't worry about other people's because he says the worst pain that I have is the pressure that's not happening around me but what's happening within me. And so if we're taking on the pressure that's around us along with what's in us, it will take us out. Because so many times we have so much pressure and then we're worried about, oh, will my friends make the right decisions? Oh, will my family go to church? And, and, and so much we're worried about these things. And before you know it, you're worn out, you're beat down, and you don't know what to do. Do we pray for them? Absolutely. Do we hold them up and, and, and try, to, try to talk to them and preach them? Absolutely. But should we take on their pressure? No. We have to give it to God. We have to, to tell God, look, you know what? This is for you. I trust in you. It's not all on me. It's on you, God. And when we get to that place, I, 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 feel, I feel like we get a sense of freedom. I feel like we get a sense of, uh, of relief. I don't know about you, but I need some relief in my life. I need to be able to worry about my own pressures and not everyone else's. It's, it's funny because they say that, and I'm just being real with you this morning, if that's okay, because I, I, my job is preaching, and so, which is fantastic, but they say that the greatest fear is public speaking. The greatest fear in the world is public speaking. Now add that to public speaking for God. 
I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me because I, I love what I do. But there are days that I get up and I feel like I can't do it again. It's almost like getting up in the morning on Monday morning. You're like, oh, I really got to go to work. And you don't feel like it. That's sometimes I feel like I get to this place and you know what? I feel like I can't do it again. And everybody's like, oh, you do so good. And I'm like, yeah, but it, it, it looks easy to you because we're making it look easy. I hope so. And, but the problem is nobody knows the pressure that you have to go through to get to that point. Nobody knows the pressure that you have to go to just to drive to your job because you don't have a vehicle. Nobody knows the pressure that you have to go through every single morning to get your kids to school. It's pressure. And so everybody on the outside says, oh, that's easy. But really, they don't know what you're going through. And sometimes when the pressure is so great that I feel like I can't preach, I just imagine what would happen if I didn't preach on a Wednesday to our youth. Someone else would get up and preach. Then I say, well, what if I didn't preach for two weeks in a row? Then someone else would get up and preach again. And it would all be okay. It would all be okay. Because the moment that you get to the place in your life where you, you feel like, look, I don't have to, but I'm supposed to, then you have the freedom to get to. Uh, you can say, oh, that's easy for you to say, but i got to raise my kids. No, you don't. There are people all the time that, that decide not to raise their children. Hope it's not any of us. You don't have to. You don't have to. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't have to. But when you get to that point, you step back and you say, you know what? I get to. Now you're free to do what God has called you to do. Now it takes the pressure off your back. And now it takes you to another place where you say, you know what, God? I can do what you want me to do because I don't have that pressure of I have to. We got to get to the point where we say it's not all about me. The sun will set without me. The ocean will roar without me. He's God all by himself. He does not need my help. It's not all on me. It's not all on me. The third thing. That I really want to drive home because I believe that God is speaking to someone with this third point. The third thing that you need to tell yourself is I'm better under pressure. I'm better under pressure. It sounds kind of backwards because we spend so much of our lives thinking that what we could do if we didn't have all this pressure. You know, if I didn't have all this financial pressure, if I didn't have all this family drama, if I didn't have all this social pressure, then I could, boy, I could really do something. I could really be effective. That's right. But you know what I've noticed? The, bre- the best sermons that I've ever preached in my life has, have been when I've been going through the most pressure. So if you ever hear me preaching real good, pray for me. But what we, what we fail to realize is that pressure creates power. Pressure creates power. Caleb, I'm going to ask Caleb to come help me. Bring me that toy there. I have a toy. And I'm praying that God leads me to squirt the right person. (laughs) Uh, Hold this mic for me. Is this all right? Uh, We need to understand that this this water gun operates under pressure. Put it up close there, Caleb, so they can hear me. This uh, this operates under pressure. If If I pump it twice, it doesn't squirt very far. But if I continue to pump... 
If I continue to put pressure on this thing, if I continue to, to step out in my life, if I continue to, to get up every morning when I feel like I can't, if I continue to go to work whenever the job is, is not really treating me the way that I think I should be treated, whenever I get up and I say, you know what, my kids will do the right things. I will teach them the right way. I will read them the word. I will do what I'm supposed to do. And then I start to put pressure on this water gun. And the thing about putting pressure on this water gun is that the more I pump, the more I pump, it gets to a place where I feel like I can't pump it anymore. And when you're at that place in your life where you feel like you can't go on, I really heard God speak to me as I was making this that if you're feeling like you're in a place where you can't go on, you can't pump the water gun, it's okay because he's just cocking and he's just loading you and he's getting ready to do something in your life. He's getting ready to bring forth something in your life. See, the thing about this is the more you pump, the further it goes. The further it goes, I believe that the more pressure that you're under, before you know it, you'll look up and you'll say, how did I get here? How did I get to this point? It had to be God. I'm better under pressure. I'm better under pressure. God is, God is re getting ready to load you up to bring forth something in your life. Romans 5.3 and the Amplified Version says, moreover let, moreover, let us be also full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles or our pressures and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure, listen to me now, pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Be careful when you pray for pressure. Be careful, I'm sorry, let me rephrase it. Be careful when you pray for patience because when you pray for patience, God will send you pressure. God will send you pressure because some things can only be produced by pressure. Some things in your life can only be produced by pressure. See Daniel in the lion's den. It would seem that if God were the deliverer that Paul said he was, he would have delivered Daniel from the lion's den. But instead, God delivered him in the lion's den. Why? Because he says, put my people in with the lions and they'll wake up refreshed and ready to go because my people are better under pressure. See, Joseph, they threw him in jail for something that he didn't do. When the baker and the cupbearer were released, he rose to prominence and to second in command in all of Egypt, saving many lives. So that when now he can look back and say what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. Amen. I've been there before. I'm better under pressure. Think of Jesus who knelt down in the garden of, of Gethsemane and prayed, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to die. I don't want the crown of thorns. I don't want to be beat. I don't want to be mocked. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He prayed until his sweat were drops of blood. He prayed for you and me. He prayed for those that were persecuting him. He prayed while he was under pressure. Do you know what Gethsemane means? The, the garden that Jesus knelt and prayed? Gethsemane literally means olive press. Because the only way to get the oil out of the olive is to press it. It's to put pressure on the olive. And I believe that someone in here needs to know that is under pressure today that it's not about what's happening to you, but it's about what God put in you. And I believe that the more he presses, the more that he squeezes you, he's just about ready to release it through you because pressure produces 
power in our lives. Amen. The more you squeeze the olive, the more oil will come out. Listen, you need some nights where you can't fall asleep because you can't get it off your mind. It'll make you pray better. It'll make you trust God more. It'll make you, it'll make you stand up and, and, and rely on God a little more. It'll knock a little arrogance off of you. Come on, it'll make you walk with a little bit more bent posture because then you can stop and say, you know what? If it had not been for God, my enemies would have swallowed me up. So Goliath, you can come to me with your sword. You can come to me with all your armor. You can say anything you want to say to me, but I'll walk out here when everyone else is running during pressure. And I'll say, you know what? I've been here before. I'll stand before you and I'll knock you down because God will deliver me right now. I'm better under pressure. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I believe that someone in here is in a pressure-filled situation. They're in a pressure-filled home. Maybe it's a pressure-filled relationship. You just have a lot of pressure. I just came to encourage you that I've been there before. I watched my dad die a horrible death, praying and believing. A lot of pressure on my life. I've been there before. But God, he has a way of taking the pressure and converting it into power, something supernatural in your life. I've been there before. I believe that God is speaking to someone this morning that's dealing with pressure, and he's saying, look, you know what? If you just give it to me, if you just realize that I give you the power, that I can, I can break these things, if you just leave those things at my feet, I can show you how to get through those things. You don't have to deal with those pressures anymore. See, the devil, he thought that he won when they were beating Paul. Paul says, you know what? They thought they were hurting me. They thought they were punishing me. But what they were really doing was producing the purpose of God in my life. The devil, he thought he won when Jesus was being crucified. But what was really taking place was that the, 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 the presence of God was being released across the earth. Amen. Because pressure produces powerful, powerful things in your life. I want you to know that if there's pressure, if you feel pressure all around you, that it's really not about you. It's about what God is doing in you. It's an encouragement to know that, okay, I feel pressure, but I believe that God is about to catapult me into a new place in my life. So if you would close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe you're dealing with pressure and you say, you know what? I felt like I couldn't go on. I felt like there was a, a, a total unavailability of an exit in my life. I felt like I had no escape. I felt like I couldn't go anywhere. I felt like things would never look right. I felt like my, my children would never make the right decisions. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been doing all the things I'm supposed to do. You have. But just hold on because the more they squeeze that olive, the more that God presses you, the more oil is pouring from your life and affecting many people. So, Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. Father, I, I believe that you're moving in the hearts of many people that are dealing with pressure. For those people that have pressure coming from all sides. Lord, I pray that you would just come in and intervene right now and you would begin to produce your purpose in their life. Lord, I ask that you would begin to, to open up every single person's heart in here, Lord, and you would begin to infiltrate it with your power. Infiltrate it with your power because we believe that pressure produces power in our lives. So, Father, we thank you for showing up in this place. We ask that you would continue to move 
and you would do some great things in our lives this morning. Amen.